We are Geordies, and we love helping local business, surfing, gaming, and stream privately with no slowing you down. Visit spidervpn.org. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Greenwood and Mulner Show. It's been a little while. Well, for us, it's been well, a little while. It's every Tuesday, as always. Always the yeah, same. But it feels like a little while because it has been a little while, hasn't it, sir? Because we haven't pre-recorded any, you mean? Yes, yes. I think this is going to be more difficult now because we're, we're, we're speaking on the 12th of April and we've just re- the government has just relaxed restrictions a little bit. And I think it's going to become more of a challenge because people will want to go out and go to the pubs. and do Everyone's on the vibe train. Exactly, exactly. So it is going to be fascinating to see how this... Uh, show continues but i'm sure we'll find a way we always do and tonight or today whenever you're listening to this and um, we've got a agreement on the show with alex hurst now alex has been on newcastle fans tv numerous times with myself with lee i think he's been on with you before sam is that, is that correct never nope. been on with you so this is your first i mean I've, time. I've i've organized him to be on loads <laughs> of times but he's never been on with me terrible but um alex is uh, to be fair, his plan, along with numerous people who have been involved in this idea of 1892 Pledge, um, has been a very big talking point with the Newcastle United fans. And I'd have to say, on the whole, 99% of it has been extremely positive, Sam. Yeah, absolutely. Um, known about it for a while um, because in what they held. Um, Trying to, um, what do you call it? What's the word I'm looking for? Focus groups um, surrounding this idea. So we didn't know all the details, but we kind of knew the gist. Um, so I've been keeping this hush hush for a while, as have many. It's fantastic. It's a great idea. Um, we're always big supporters of the NUSTs. Um, link in the description if you want to sign up or if you want to donate to the 1892 pledge. So, um, yeah, it's it's a it's a fantastic initiative, fantastic scheme, and and the worst case scenario is some local charities are going to get a lot of money. And again, if that's the worst case scenario, then I'm sure Northeast charities will be very very happy. But it benefits Northeast regardless. Sam. So yeah, it's it what, what we got to lose. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Look, it's been how long since we've been so dismayed with our ownership now? So, with they're not going to be getting into bed with Mike Ashley anytime soon in in terms of a, a partnership. But if a new owner does arise, then it's only right that fans are, have their voice heard. It happens with a lot of other clubs, but rather than being treated with just utter contempt like we are at the moment, it's nice to. It would be nice to to have our views heard and, and welcomed. Of course, and Alex has a lot of experience, especially in the last couple of years, obviously being part of the NUST, being the main man, really, for a couple of years and having that responsibility. I've spoken to Alex off the, um, off the record about a couple of things that he's had to speak to the club about, and yeah, he does find it very, very difficult because it is just one person's opinion. And Sam, I'm, I'm sure you can only echo Alex's difficulties when he's only one person speaking about massive factors in regards to the great club that we all support. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look, Alex stepped down as chair of the NUS to focus on this. This is all his baby. This is all his idea. This is all the work he's been 
kind of this is culminating towards uh, um, as as Johnny's camera goes flying there. I'm, I'm not going to edit that out either. I want everyone to listen to that. Um, yeah, so this is his baby. So this is why we've got him on because um, it's interesting, it's informative, and um, yeah, it, it's 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 really welcomed. This I'm I'm really pleased with the reception it's got so far. Yes, and yes, again, just if you want to support the 1892 pledge, by all means, the links will be in the description with regards to the website that you need to go on and click on, and you can do. I mean, it's not hard to remember. It's 1892pledge.co.uk. Well, it, just in case, just in case people listen to this uh, podcast and they want to pledge because of the interview that we've done with Alex, then by all means, support however little or big you can you can help and however generous you're feeling. Um, yeah, but, I've, got, I've, got, I've, I've, I've signed up. I've got a little um, monthly direct debit going on. Well, Sam's obviously got a West Wing and an East Wing in his house, so that just means he can only have a... Uh, State Any donation, yeah. it's irrelevant how much you donate, it all goes to the cause and look, they can go from as little as a pound a month. Exactly, every and every little helps. Um, now, I have to talk about a couple of sponsors, as you would have heard at the top. We've done this, one, you just exactly. got the usual one. Well, I just want to say a big welcome to Spider VPN. Again, a big, big thanks to them to join the Newcastle fans theory and particularly being involved in the show. What does VPN stand for? I don't actually know. That's really bad. That's really I don't bad. know either. I didn't know what a VPN was. I've heard of Spider VPN because I feel like this sponsor a lot of things. So I thought, well, oh, that's good. <laughs> and I knew it was something to do with stream in particular. But um, For all your VPNing needs, they are very punctual and nice VPN. Exactly. I'm assuming that's what they stand for. Possibly. Who knows? If you can tell us in the comments, let us know. Or you can tell us in... Uh, you can't comment on the podcast. You can reviews. Well, I don't want that. I, I'd rather, if you're going to review the podcast, I want to say, "Oh, great podcast, nice work, guys." Not what VPN. They can say for. that, and they can then put at the end, "Well, by the way, guys, Spider VPN means such and such and such." So there oh, you go. Yeah, as long as it's five stars, I don't care what you put. Exactly, and also a big thanks to, of course, Beer Fifty Two, uh, a long-standing partnership that we've had with them for nearly a year now, and. Um, it's just been a fantastic ride so far. Um, again, you can get any beer, lager, IPA or stout for eight, eight cans you can get for five ninety five. It's always been the same and they do some fantastic offers, um, especially with, I think, look, everyone's going to be booming in the next 10 weeks or so. June the 21st will be a big day. So obviously people are allowed to go back into pubs outside seating now. So it's going to be huge. But yes, this is going to be a really interesting talking point about Newcastle United and that is what we love talking about me and Sam do so sit back relax and enjoy a chat with Alex Hurst hello everyone welcome to the Green and Mullen show here on Newcastle fans tv alongside myself and Sam Willis a man that you've seen many times on Newcastle fans tv over the years the first time that Alex was actually on the radio show which is Seems like a long time ago when we could actually like talk to each other within within the same room, Alex. But it is a big welcome to Alex Hurst, um, former chair of the NUST and a big, big... Um, well, Alex, I'll let you talk about this big idea that you've come up with, with uh, 1892 Post. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, thanks, mate. The, um, the 1892 pledge scheme, it's a fairly simple idea and we think that Newcastle United fans need to be ready for two eventualities. 
and that's number one that when the club is eventually sold by Mike Ashley, whenever that may be, we need to come to the table with new owners with some money behind us to ask them to sell us part of the club, even a very small part in exchange for some sort of access to the people that run the club or boardroom or something like that. Something to give supporters through elected representatives an influence on the way Newcastle United is run, even if it's a small influence. And the other thing we're doing is is wanting to be ready um, in case the club under Mike Ashley uh, is relegated at least once uh, because, you know, through the supporters' trust, I've spoken to so many fans, fans of Portsmouth, Bolton, Sunderland, Charlton, Bradford, Bury, Oldham, Leeds, the list goes on, Wolves, where when stuff really gets going in terms of football clubs losing a lot of money, it's supporters who end up putting their hands in their pockets. So we want to be ready for that, for those two eventualities. And what we're asking supporters to do is to pledge small amounts of money every single month to the 1892 pledge scheme. So as little as a fiver, a tenner, 20 quid, a one-off payment, for example. We've only been live since Thursday morning and we've just passed £50,000 pledged tonight. So, you know, what a response from the Castle United supporting community. Nearly 4,500 people have have backed the idea, which is brilliant. It's what we wanted to, to see. And all of the fans we spoke to uh, in advance about this and all of the people who who have done this before. Other football clubs all thought that Newcastle United fans could do it, but all of them are shocked at the speed in which they off. Um, we're absolutely humbled by the support, and it's just another example of, of why Newcastle United fans are a little bit different. 100%. Go on, Sam. It's had a fantastic reception. It really has, considering, as you say, it's only been live since Thursday. Um, you've been here, there, and everywhere on ITV Time T. You were on Five Live the other week, doing this, that, and the other, plugging it away. How knackered are you? Because I noticed on your on your Twitter, you, you you're saying you're so tired that you're now struggling to even spell the word pledge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I'm all right now. I actually went and took a week off last week just for the pledge scheme, and it was quite nice to think about something else other than, like, pledges <laughs> pledges and advertising. <laughs> Weird way to, to, to think about it. But it's not It's not just me. It's uh, We've got a team of people, you know, not wanting to embarrass you, Sam, but including yourself, pulling together on this. So, yeah, it's a, it is a lot of work. I'm not lying, but it's worth it. And we've got, we've got good people like yourself. We've got a really active uh, board of elected representatives on the trust. Just normally Castle fans, like like used to and everyone watching the show tonight, um, what well, what I think and what makes me proud about it, it's just ordinary Newcastle fans coming together to try and do something extraordinary. It's almost the opposite of the way the football clubs run, which it should be an extraordinary institution, which it is, but they're doing very ordinary things. That's a very good way of putting it, Alex, but uh, I, extraordinary, extraordinary Newcastle United fans, that's what we are. That's what we are as a fan base. Um, how long has this idea been on the table, Alex? How long have you been thinking about this sort of idea? You talked about other clubs that have done similar things. Like Portland is probably one of the biggest examples because of the size of the football club. Um, how long have you been thinking about this? Four years. I think we first started talking about it in 2017 because the supporters' trust, which I walked into, um, was, was struggling for a few reasons. It had some very good people there keeping the, the flame alive and doing a lot of good work. But it, you know, it recognised then, those guys recognised then what Newcastle United was, even with Rafa there. Um, and, and most supporters' trusts, or some supporters' trusts, work constructively with their football clubs. Um, 
I don't think that's the case at Newcastle United. There's been some really positive efforts from people within the club to try and get that going. And I don't want to take anything away from them. But but ultimately, what, what you know, where is Lee Charney? Where is he? Who who's spoken to him? You know, anyone want to comment the last time they heard from Lee Charney in terms of fan engagement? Or Mike Ashley for that matter, or Justin Barnes. So we realised that it was good, you know, Newcastle United under Mike Ashley wasn't going to be something that supporters will want to be involved with or a large amount of supporters. So we talked about it, we did our research, and then I walked in late against West Ham in 2018, 1st of December. I remember the date, and it was just it was just everything that was kind of wrong about the fan base in that you had this split down the middle. You had that, you know, your typical Newcastle fans, you had a late walk-in and then a boycott a week later or two weeks later, which didn't make any sense to me. So I thought, well, I'll do them. I'll, I didn't necessarily agree, but I, I did them both. Um, as a fan, and they just they just didn't work, and I just thought, how, you know, this is just the same thing happens season after season, and you know, I'm not criticising anyone who who organised them. I, I backed them, I did them, but I just thought, like, if we're going to try and do something to impact Newcastle United fans positively, it's going to have to be something ambitious, and it's going to have to be inclusive, because your Wolves boycott and your Arsenal boycott, even though they were successful in that, there were some fans that didn't go in. There wasn't, you know, it, it, the vast majority of people still went to the games. I went to the Arsenal one in the end because I was already committed to this action with the pledge and I just thought, this is, this just simply isn't working. Um, after that West Ham game, we decided we needed to relaunch the trust, start again completely fresh, new board, completely new board. We needed a new website. We didn't have a bank account. We didn't have any members. So I remember the day before we beat Man City under Rafa, start of 2019, I went to the Lytton Phil in Newcastle next to Central Station, invited a load of people along, some of whom I knew, some of whom I didn't, and said, we want to do this thing called the Pledge Scheme. It's probably going to take work a couple of years to do, and it's going to be a hell of a lot of hard work. And to be fair to those people, they got on board and said, let's give it a go. So we started the Supporters Trust again, I think just through, you know, the podcast I do and, and a couple of other things on Twitter, we managed to attract a couple of thousand people, which was brilliant. And then since then, we scaled that up, probably more to do with the events at the football club rather than anything we've done and the mental things that they do. We managed to achieve, you know, just at the time of speaking, 15,000 ordinary members makes us the biggest support trust in the country. So it's been a long time in the planning. We, we, we thought about launching the pledge scheme this time last year before the pandemic and the pandemic put us off and then the takeover definitely put us off because we all thought we don't need any more. Um, and that might still be the case, by the way. This is, you know, us launching the pledge scheme isn't saying we think the takeover is dead. We just think we'll have to be prepared for the, you know, in your class United, you should just be prepared for the worst eventuality and you can't be disappointed. Um, so it's been a hell of a lot of work. I remember taking days off work in 2018 to go and see people, speak to people, speak to fans, speak, you know, Lee Humble, who's our, one of our guardians, who's a corporate accountant and works in mergers and acquisitions, incredibly talented. Uh, individual and a really lovely bloke, and we're going to see him in 2018 to talk about being a guardian and keeping them. You know, he's been good enough to keep in touch between now and then. I remember speaking to George Colkin about it in 2019. So it's been a long time planning because we realised that you only get to launch something like this once. If you get it wrong, there are no come back from it. So hopefully, we think so far from the reaction, we've got it right. I, I think, yeah, there's no doubt about it. You have got it right. It's, it's a tremendously well thought out, well laid out plan. Um, just go into the um, kind of guardians um, 
of of the pledge scheme and and just why why you chose these people and and just what their role is yeah great question um well, the, the the easy answer to what what is the guardian it's a guardian of the money so these four individuals like you see on screen in front of you they look after your money not me not greg not charlotte anyone from the trust board these are the guys uh, and what we wanted to do is the trust is um democratic and transparent but you know, what if board members such as myself, what if we quit and get re-elected and someone else could come in and say, oh, we've got all this money, we should, you know, even if it wasn't a, a negative motivation, it would be, you know, what if they wanted to, I don't know, build a new bus stand or something on, on Strawberry Place <laughs> or set up a hot dog store or something. It wouldn't be okay because we've been clear to people that the money can only be used for two reasons. Number one, the purchase of shares in Newcastle United, or number two, donated to charities registered in the Northeast. Your four guardians make sure the money can only be used for that purpose because they're the people who look after the money. And the reason we went for them, to answer your second question, we just thought we need people with experience. Uh, so Lee's a perfect example of that. Worked in corporate finance as a corporate accountant you know, very, you know, um, experienced in handling large sums of money and managing money. Uh, you've got Ian Moons, MP for Gateshead, who's a Newcastle fan. I mean, they're all Newcastle fans. We wouldn't, you know, we thought it was important when it was Newcastle fans looking after this money. But um, Ian Moons, MP for Gateshead, hugely respected in the local community, hugely respected within the walls of Parliament, works across party to try and make the lives of football fans better through football governance, through policy. He was absolutely ideal. And we've got George Colgan, of course, you know, I'm sure everyone watching or listening to this is, and he's been on the show. I know that um, he is really well respected amongst all Newcastle fans. That you know, if I if I wanted to, you know, keep my dog safe for the weekend, I'd give him to George Coggan. That's my money. And finally, Warren Barton needs no introduction. Again, a friend of a friend of yours. I think I think maybe you lads put me in touch with him. One of you. Um, and you know, he he he's not just a former Newcastle player who played for England. He's very successful both as a footballer, but also now as a, an analyst in the United States and a coach in the United States. He's just someone who understands Newcastle United Football Club and the fans. You know, your listeners will have heard him speak many times before, and he really does just get it. So those four guys, when I was doing my little tour of the Northeast trying to convince people to do this, doing as wrong as plenty of people said no. You know, when, when I'm me and Norman Watson are going to see people, and we're thinking about doing this thing. It's really ambitious. Will you put your name to it? And they're like, well, what have you got behind you? What have you done so far? And we're like, nothing. We don't even have a supporters trust. Really, we don't have any members, but we will. You know, it took a massive leap of faith from all of those guys there, particularly George and Lee, who I've been speaking to for years about this, to say, yeah, that's a good idea. And, and their confidence in the idea gave me and others the confidence to make it happen. Yeah, I, I, just, I just want to say, that I think the actual diversity of who the Guardians are, and you mentioned in great detail why they bring an element Oh, why why they bring something different to the table. I actually like the fact that you've got an MP, you've got an accountant, you've got a former Newcastle player, you've got one of the most respected journalists covering Northeast football in George Colton. It just it all works together. And I really like the actual idea and back behind it. But um Sam, there's always gonna be one or two people that are gonna say it's never gonna work. It's never gonna work. It's gonna take a lot a lot of money to do this, you know, regardless of who takes over the football club. But yeah, it's, it's got to start somewhere. It's got to start somewhere, hasn't it? It has, and I mean, I, I, we've had a comment there. I don't want to pick on loads because it's it's quite a, a quite a reasonably valid point, just for kind of people who maybe haven't 
seen much about it and are a bit skeptical as as there are bound to be some people out there um but less says uh, up to four million needs to be raised just for one percent how did you have a target in mind when setting this out and do you do you, i mean obviously we know the worst thing about this is local charities are going to benefit so as as worst case scenarios go it's not terrible at all but um do you have a figure in mind about how much we need to raise yeah i do and, and you know if anyone else is watching like let's get these questions in these are the kind of questions i want to answer um and it's it's a good point and and, and first of all to answer your question and then answer um les's point about you know new owners haven't agreed to release any percentage um yeah, you'd, we th- we thought three million minimum. That's a, that's a minimum. This is this is a long term project. I'd like to raise thirty million. Do you know what I mean? Like we're ambitious. You know what's the point of doing this if you can't be ambitious? Let's let's see. I'm really excited to see what we can do as a fan base because you know I've got a friend in Australia um, and uh, he's a Sunderland fan and he, and he I hadn't told him about this. I still speak to him regularly and uh, he messaged me with. A link to some screenshots from some Sunland weird website, um, and it was just loads of Sunland fans kicking off, saying how ridiculous it was. And I just thought, brilliant! Like, if if they're getting wound <laughs> up about it, they're probably doing something right. And that's that's the point. That like, this yeah. is ambitious and a minimum of three million pounds. But it's it's we're not aiming to raise three million pounds. We're aiming to raise a minimum of three million pounds. But even if we fail, even if we raised a million pound or. 600,000 or 1.8 million, whatever. If we got relegated and relegated again, or even just relegated, as soon as it starts to cost Mike Ashley money just to keep the lights on here, lots of people, including myself, think he'll be away after 14 years of allegedly trying to sell the club. Trust me, just like Ella Short was, just like a host of owners were, as soon as their teams get out of the Premier League, they can't be away quick enough when it starts costing the money to keep the lights on. And that money could come in really handy as part of a consortium. Um, you know, you had a comment that I saw before. And Sullen was sold for just six million pounds cash up front. It was a leverage buyout, but it cost more because parachute payments and all that that kind of stuff. But if you're talking those kind of sums, and we might not be, but in the sums, every every penny starts to count. And in terms of Les's other comment about agreed to release any percentage, it's again absolutely correct. We've got no idea who new owners be. I think a lot of people watching the myself included would want new owners to be Amanda Stavely. Um, and her consortium, but if if it's her, if it's not her, our support representative who's been into the boardroom at St. James's Park to try and work with Lee Charney and other people at the club to make sure that there is supporter feeling known inside that football club, which I failed at, by the way, because um, it's not known or, or considered inside the football club, I'd say. Um when new owners come in, it won't say, we're the Newcastle United Supporters Trust. We've got at least 15,000 members, hopefully a lot more members at the time, okay? We can say that. Will you liaise with us and work with us as an elected fan body to help you influence the way Newcastle United has run for supporters? And they might say yes. They could say that's exactly what we want. But they, all could, they also could say no. They also could say we'll just go through the Premier League fan engagement process, which isn't really for fit for purpose. But they, they might be much better at it. And we'll have to take that chance. Now, I don't want Newcastle United when it's sold. And the next sale of Newcastle United, by the way, is the most important sale in its history. 
because if it doesn't get better from here, the generation of fans that we're already talking about losing, the, the thousands or tens of thousands who've already walked away from the club, they ain't coming back. And that's the job for new owners, to re-engage thousands or tens of thousands of people in this region to start spending money and engaging with their football club again. If it goes badly, then the, the football club could never recover. So fans have got to be at the heart of any new owner's priorities for the club. So we can either turn up and ask them, or we can turn up with three million quid, or six quid, or ten million quid. The money, yes, give us a small part in the club. Yes, it's only one or two percent, but I know which one's more likely to succeed. It's either turning up hoping for the best, or turning up with what matters most in football. And would hope that any new owner is going to be desperate to um, properly interact with the Newcastle United fan base. After all, what are you buying when you're buying Newcastle United? You're not buying the rubbish training ground. You're not buying the rubbish academy. The first team's rubbish. The coaches are rubbish. The coaching staff's rubbish. The infrastructure within the club is rubbish. Yes, the ground's fantastic, but it belongs to the, the freemen of the city. You couldn't sell it anyway, even if you wanted to. So, what you know, what are you? what is valuable about Newcastle United, apart from the television contract, which if the television contracts are so valuable, go and buy Burnley, go and buy Bournemouth, go and buy some other club, which costs a third of the price. You are buying the fan base of Newcastle United and the financial potential that it holds. So we think it's a no-lose situation for a new owner to get some extra money back either into the club or into their pockets after a very expensive sale and start working with fans. And it's an ambitious proposal and it might not work. We want to be absolutely clear. It might not work, but we've managed to convince four and a half thousand Newcastle fans who are worth a punt after four days. What would it be like if we had 10,000 fans behind us? 30,000 fans behind her. Yeah, it's a massive, it's a massive um, point because if you more or less, so if I was an investor, Alex, you've always just kind of sold it to me. You could kind of go, right, go and buy Newcastle. These are the reasons why. The one thing that I want to add to that, and I don't know if you want, if you want to agree or disagree with this, I think there's a massive opportunity from, say, Leeds and Burnley area to, say, your Selwick and Rangers area in terms of the academy because. Newcastle should be that club that should be able to nick the best talent from Glasgow, between Glasgow to Yorkshire because you've got Middlesbrough and Summer that aren't really doing anything, not really competing. Newcastle, well, we'll talk, we'll talk about Steve Bruce and the relegation battle very, very soon. But there's a massive opportunity there. And you, you're very right in what you're saying, Alex. This, this takeover, doesn't matter if it's Amanda Savely, Derek across the road, whoever wants to buy this football club, it is the most important one because... We need to take advantage of what we've got. And we have got... Because Johnny froze. This is a first. Looks like it's... Oh, have I gone? It's just getting oh, the question in there first. as well. I was getting all emotional. I have to come back in. <laughs> this is brilliant. Normally it's me that freezes. I'm so pleased. But uh, I think you know what... Oh, he's gone completely. Just the two of us. But um, whilst Johnny sorts his uh, internet out, Alex, um, I just want to make a point about, um, again, another comment that's come in from Ryan. Um, just to clarify, you don't have to be a member of the NUS to donate to the pledge, do you? No, you don't. No, no. It means you wouldn't get a vote about how the money is used when it goes to the membership. But you don't have to be a member, no. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> to be honest, no, it was nice not having you around for a bit. <laughs> you eventually got the salad all on the show. The title that you've always wanted. Yeah. <laughs> no. um, in all seriousness, I was just saying that it's a massive opportunity that needs to be taken by the next owners, Alex, because there is, you know, we talk about the, 
the academy infrastructure, we're talking about everything that's going on with Newcastle. It's about 20 years behind. You look at Man City, etc. We're 20, 30, we could go be 50 years behind if we're not careful. No, you're spot on, and I really like your point about geography, and I think that's why Newcastle is so valuable, because it's not just academy potential players, but you're absolutely correct in that. It's the fact, it's the it's the Premier League aspect. There is, there is currently no football club between Leeds and Edinburgh and the whole of the west side of the country, the whole of Cumbria and parts of, of, of North Lancashire that have anything like Newcastle United and this massive pull. And you see that with our global fan base. You see, you know, we've seen on the pledge scheme people from Singapore, people from Sweden, people from Australia, Canada, Mexico, all pledging. And that's because Newcastle United is just a little bit different. And I think about why new owners want Newcastle United when it's so overpriced. And, it, you know, I've just, just told you how valuable Newcastle is. I think in my research, in terms of money up front paid for a football club, we know about the Glazers at Man United. That was a leveraged buyout. It cost them $800 million, but it didn't cost them much money up front. And anyway, it's Man United. The only other football club in history that I can find that's cost as much as £300 million was Liverpool back in, in 2010. And Liverpool's the biggest club in the world. Now, I know it's 2010, it's 2021 now, but Mike Ashley's been after 300 million supposedly since 2010. Mike Ashley wants to make Newcastle United if it's a 350 million pound, the most expensive football club ever to be sold, cash up front deal. Doesn't seem real, does it, when we're sat here talking about Steve Bruce's Newcastle United trying to avoid relegation with like Jacob Murphy, who's out of contract in three weeks' time, scoring the goals to potentially keep it up. It's like, it's insane the amount of money that he wants for the football club, but he, he knows he can get it, probably because of us. So it's about time we started to represent ourselves. Absolutely. I mean, to expand on Johnny's point as well, it's crazy because you've got Chelsea setting up an academy in the North East soon as well, which is absolutely disgusting. But um, <laughs> it really boils my piss, that does. But um, <laughs> anyway, another thing I, I read online and whatnot um, about kind of FAQs about this whole pledge is, you won't be making an offer to Mike Ashley unless it follows a couple of a relegation or two. You won't be going into partnership with Mike Ashley, will you? No, I don't think so. I, you know, I don't, I don't see that members would want one or two percent of, of Mike Ashley. Is Newcastle United in the Premier League worth worth the time? Um, I, you know, any in theory, any potential owner that does come in and want to work with the trust whatever was agreed between the trust and the new owners would have to be put to the trust membership to vote on. And it'd have to be a majority of people say, yeah, this is a good use of this money. Please let's do it. And that there's no way that's going to happen for, to give Mike Ashley that money. So it's not going to happen. Can I just confirm something with you, Alex, um, in regards mm -hmm. to what you said before about, um, you know, the actual, the actual club, because you're saying that the, the communicate, all of the communication from the club, from top to bottom is horrendous. Have the club actually given you any feelings about this pledge? Have they told you anything about this pledge? Have they said it's a good idea, a bad idea? Do they recognise it? Have they said anything in regards to this? No, 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 not a word. No, no. Would, would, to be fair, I wouldn't expect them to. Not even just a, just this, just to say we know what we know of it. We're not going to tell you an opinion of it, but we know of it. Nothing like that. Well, Steve Bruce in this press conference, didn't he? He said he knew of it, um, which we weren't expecting it to come up in the manager's pre-match pre press conference. 
but you know, next time, Greg, you know, I used to deal with the club now. It's Greg as the chair speaks to them. I don't know if they'll mention it or reference it, um, but no, they haven't been in touch at all. See, I'm surprised. Well, I, I, I'm not. When was the last time the uh, the Nust had any communication with the club, and, and what was it about? I think Greg spoke to them after Brighton. The you know just to re-strengthen the feeling from the trust membership about what had just happened, and um, you know the the club. I work with the club with some other people to put a new. Fan structure in place at the end of 2019 and um they just haven't done it you know said the pandemic at first meant it, made it was impossible but all, but all the other Premier League clubs have followed that fan engagement structures despite the pandemic you know what it's easier to do it on zoom do you know what i mean like it's easier to do it on zoom than to get everyone into a meeting in, in st james's park so they just they just haven't done it it's just a cop-out it's a massive massive cop-out Zoom, Teams, there's so many different ways, you know, Skype, whatever you want to do, you know, there's so many different ways you can communicate. And that's that the biggest issue, always has been the worst ownership, is communication. You know, we can go back to the very early stages of changing the, the name of the stadium to the Sports Direct Arena. That was horrendous, a horrendous decision. Um, but there has to be something better, there has to be something good that comes at the end of this. And, you know, Obviously, you say fifty thousand pounds. Have you got like weekly targets or monthly targets, Alex, of what you want and meet, uh, meet say, or whatever you want to make at the end of the season, the end of the year, or is it just make sure it's continuous and more people know about it? It's definitely the latter at the minute. We will communicate maybe after a month or month or two. Once we've had a couple of those monthly payments in, how many monthlies we've got, how much it is, and what the projections are. So, in one year, we'll have this, and five years, we'll have this. Um, but, you know, I'd have been delighted with a couple of thousand people after the first week paying a five or a month to get away £10,000. So to be at £50,000 and four and a half thousand people nearly after just four days is, is pretty, I mean, it's blown us all away. Um, but it, it, it's one of the things we want to stress is lot, it's long term. So where might we be now? Might it be us? You know, your your Peter Kenyans and your people like that who put together these brochures and try and get investors. Like, not that we would necessarily say we want to do that, but why? Why should, if if it's Peter Kenyon, I don't know Peter Kenyon. Maybe he's a great bloke, but he didn't have the money to buy Newcastle United. So what? You know, in future, if this is going long enough, why can't it be us potentially? What? And then, and then we're looking for someone with the best interest of Newcastle United, not looking for someone who wants to make money quickly out of the football club. And it's like you've just said there. Um, why why would you change the name of the stadium? Well, you wouldn't do it for the supporters, would you? Why would you not re-sign Rafa Benitez, the most popular manager in Mike Ashley's tenure? Well, it's not because of the supporters. He didn't give him a new contract or agree a new contract. Why would you employ Steve Bruce? Why would you sell Andy Carroll on deadline day and not replace him? Why would you sell Johan Kabay on deadline day and not replace him? Why would you not invest after season 11 and not improve the squad. None of those decisions were made with supporters in mind, and that's why it's so important that there are actually supporters inside that boardroom at St. James's Park. And this isn't, you know, supporter-owned, if it ever did get there, where it doesn't mean supporter-run. Uh, we can't run a football club. You need professional people with a wealth of experience behind you. But does Newcastle United have that right now? 
because I'd argue that it doesn't. Does it? Does it? Does it have the best minds from the game? Does it? Who is it taken from where? To you know, when does the last time we went to West Brom and picked up their um, academy director, or you know, we went to Brighton and picked up their um, had a technical experience, or you know, it doesn't exist in Newcastle United. In fact, I'd look at our guardians now and think to myself, they should be, they shouldn't be our guardians. They should be on the, on the inside. They should be working with the football club to to make sure that the people who run the football club, the business people, or the people who make the decisions, have a, an idea of where the football club should be headed. Because you know, you've got someone like Warren Barton, Ian Mearns, Newcastle fans like Lee Humble and George Coggan, they have a wealth of experience and understanding also the, the technical expertise in their, in their chosen areas. Can you imagine George Coggan helping with communications? Can you imagine Lee Humble helping with accountancy or acquisitions and stuff like that? Can you imagine Ian Mearns helping them in the realm of, of the political world and trying to expand their growth across the Northeast? These people would be absolutely perfect for that role. They shouldn't, you know, that, that's a frustrating thing. Newcastle United currently is a football club that is inward looking, in my opinion, not outward looking. It's not looking to draw the best people into itself to grow. It's looking to stay in the Premier League to help its owner sell stuff in his shops. And that's that's the reality of it. I would love George Colkin as head of communications at Newcastle United. <laughs> I'd I'm not telling you, you might not want to do it. Oh, you, might, you might be. I, I would. I, I would pay money to, to, to get. Well, I am paying money. I'm in the pledge scheme, but uh, I, I would absolutely adore that. Um, really good questions coming from Rowan. Um, not that one. I hate it when Streamyard does that when you click on one, but a new comment comes through. Anyway, when we're allowed to go to games again, would you be looking to collect money on a match day for the pledge scheme? It's a good question. I think we'd like to. Obviously. If that first game against Sheffield United comes in and there's still coronavirus restrictions in place, that will probably be a bit too soon um, if they're at 10,000 fans. But certainly next season, you know, fingers crossed, touch wood, if there's no restrictions anymore and we're back to some degree of normality with 50,000 people going to the match, we would look to see if it was possible. We'd have to speak to the council and all that kind of stuff. But I think in an ideal world, we really want to try and reach fans beyond the social media bubble. And there are a lot of fans in the social media bubble, so we're pleased to be able to reach them. But it's really important to us that we're trying, you know, get off these platforms or as well as use these platforms to try and reach match going fans. And I think um, match day canvassing, as it's called, would be something we'd definitely consider. One thing I would like to mention is um, some high profile Newcastle players, uh, ex Newcastle players, legends of the club, Alan Sheila, Rob Lee in particular, have expressed how much of a good idea this is. That must just make you smile, Alex, when you see players like that who love this football club and they think it's a good idea. And again, that's only going to help the cause going forward. Massively, yeah. I mean, we didn't know Alan Shearer was going to come out and, and do that the other day, so we're so pleased to have his support. We'll, you know, we'll be thanking him privately about that. Uh, Rob Lee, the same. We haven't spoke to him. We haven't canvassed him. I don't know whether Warren Barton, knowing these lads, Steve Howey was the same. He backed it publicly. Don't know whether Warren's been having a word, spreading a good word, but yeah, it's massive and it makes you, it makes you, because because they understand, you know, I appreciate as fans, we get it right, we understand, but the, the people who've pulled on the black and white shirt and achieved things for Newcastle United, like they have, it's easy to stay quiet, it's easy to say nothing, isn't it? But they've come out and supported it, so we're massively grateful and they've done a huge favour there. Yeah, for sure. Then there's a question there as well, Sam, isn't it? Yeah, is there a time limit to uh, get your pledges in? 
Not at all. We'd love to have you as, as quickly as possible, but this is a long-term project. If you want to make a one-off pledge whenever you want, a monthly pledge whenever you want, it's up to you. We think we're going to be here for a, a while doing this. So absolutely no time limit whenever suits each individual. The fan ownership actual debate is actually a very, very interesting one because you see in Germany, every team bar Red Bull Leipzig has fan ownership in the club. Um, and that's why Red Bull Leipzig aren't very well liked in Germany. Even if you buy Munich, the equivalent of our, let's say, Man United or Liverpool, uh, obviously Man United Liverpool, the two most successful clubs in England, Bayern are by far the most successful club in Germany. Everyone probably doesn't really like them, but when they play Leipzig, everybody wants Bayern Munich to win because of who Red Bull Leipzig are. Do you feel like maybe this could be the start of maybe all Premier League clubs should have a tiny, tiny involvement in terms of maybe a 1% percentage or a percentage of fan uh, fan ownership? Because I do feel that because the Premier League has gone from there to there so quickly, it's almost they've lost the reality with the fans because obviously ticket prices have gone up and then it, it obviously have agreed on a £30 cap, but that took a long, long time. You know, how much money does it cost to watch Premier League football nowadays? It's a heck of a lot of money. Do you feel that maybe we should look at this, the German model if you were, say, talking to other Premier League teams about this? Yeah, 100%. We, we've already had some fan groups of other teams in touch asking how to replicate it, um, which are more than happy to help those guys with. I think we have to look at, and it concerns me this, where football's going and who's who, who is who is your football club for? You know, why does your football club exist? Because as much as there are billionaires and very successful people doing good jobs at football clubs in the Premier League and the championship, no football club was started by a business. No football club was started by someone looking to get rich. Every single football club was founded by its community for like purely for sporting endeavor. Um for its local, you know, for its local people. And when you look at football now, when you look at Project Big Picture, when you look at the European Super League, who is it for? Who is Project Big Picture for? Because not one fans group from any of the big six came out in favour of Big Picture. So they weren't consulted by their clubs. Big Picture is, Project Big Picture is an attempt to make already rich people richer, already rich clubs better, and to, to, to completely negate something like West Ham getting in the top four. There's nothing annoys these big clubs more than a team with a fraction of the resources beating them. It, to them, it shouldn't happen. It, it should be, they beat us every week. We can play Aston Villa or someone and we can fight it out with them. But we'll lose to the big six, whatever, the big eight, if you include, you know, people trying to break, break into it. Um, and, and the only way that fans can stop this from happening is by trying to do what we're doing realistically. It's by trying to get some aspect of control and, and influence within their football clubs because these people haven't gone away. They've been beaten this time, but they've gone away to refine the plan to make it less offensive. And it doesn't really get said that much. But what upsets me about one of the things that upset me about Project Big Picture is they've decided that midweek football has to stop because every single week you would be playing in Europe. Every single week you'd be playing in the European Super League. Um, so for me and you guys, I don't know whether you've got any memories, but like when I was younger... And at school and stuff, midweek football is the only time I could go to UEFA Cup games, um, Intertoto games, League Cup games, you know, those kind of things. And I just think some rich blokes somewhere in the USA, if the site goes, 
last year trying to make even more money by playing in the Milan season. All of these things aren't done with us in mind. Not just us, but they're not done with Man United fans in mind or Liverpool fans. We are, as football fans, going to have to one day say enough is enough. And people can talk about boycotts. We've been through that. They don't work. They could talk about cancellation of TV subscriptions. Maybe that'll work. But how hard is that to organise? We think football fans need to start representing themselves and get the only thing that matters in football behind them, and that's some money. Just how much pride does that give you then on that sense to know that the NUST is now the biggest kind of supporters trust in the country in terms of membership? Oh, massively, yeah. Um, in terms of paid members, we are the biggest. There's a couple of trusts that don't charge for membership who have 30,000 emails or whatever, but it's not It's not quite the same. You know, good luck to them and however they do things. But I think, you know, I think it's testament to the strength of our support, really. So rather than anything we've done, you'd always expect Newcastle, anything supporter-related to do with Newcastle United to be at the top of the charts, wouldn't you? I think that, I think if I pat myself on the back a little bit, it was the right decision to reduced membership at just a pound, so it was accessible for everybody. You know, I thought before that £10 a year was a little bit steep. Um, but it's, it's, it's really good and it's really positive in the fact that we have elections every year. We're going to have another election in September this year coming up. Um, the fact that, you know, nearly 6,000 people voted in the supporter election, I take a lot of pride in that because, again, I, I take this back to what I said earlier in standing up and 13, 14 people who, most of whom I did no, and come with, it was literally just us. We were the supporters' trust then. There was no one else to to get numbers that we have, and to have all the support along the way from you guys, from other media organisations, fan media, from people who joined the NUST council. You know the guys who built the site initially did it for free. We've had loads of support from the fan base along the way, so it's a real group effort. But it is it is satisfying, yeah. Yeah, you've definitely had, obviously, especially on Twitter as well. I've seen, like, I think my timeline was Alex Hurst for a good few hours um, <laughs> at some point last week. Sorry. But, um, yeah, it's been brilliant to see. I think the only thing that's probably um, beating you this week, Alex, was the result yesterday on the football pitch with uh, Newcastle finally getting a win against Burnley at Turf Moor. Um, I can't imagine what you were thinking at half time. But Alan St. Maximum certainly changed uh, the game. And ultimately, it's now six points clear. I know West Brom have just won today. And they're sort of getting a mini revival in the Sam Allardyce. But what did you make of yesterday? It was rubbish, wasn't it? Really. The performance was terrible. <laughs> but when you're, when you're at the bottom, it doesn't matter, does it? Because you just, you know, getting the win was absolutely huge, huge win. Go away from the league's pretty special and win as a Newcastle fan. We'll rarely ever do it, let's be honest. We haven't for years. Um, you know, even under Rafa, we'll struggle away from home massively. So it was a massive win. Fair play to the team, fair play to the manager, Codes, but he, he won when he had to win. Um, and, you know, what, what, I don't know about you lads, but what I really hope that this is the start of, you know, how many times have we won back-to-back games this season? Just doesn't, or, or ever under Bruce, it just doesn't happen, does it? Rarely happens. Like, now can we go into West Ham next week and can it be something better than just, we'll pull, we'll pull the result out because we had to. Whereas we don't have to next week because, like you say, we're six points clear. And then is it just, if you lose to West Ham and you play rubbish again, it's just, it just, as a fan, you head into that next fixture dreading it and that's just not a healthy place to be. And Bruce can pat himself on the back all he wants for putting that, and it seems like he, he has and does. Go and follow it up. You know, if I'm them, 
I'm thinking we can rescue this season. The season's not over. There's seven games left. 21 points to play for. Can you get 13, 14 points and put a massive change on the complexion of the whole season? Of course you can. But are they going to do that? Are they motivated enough? I'm not sure. No, I, I don't see it somehow. I mean, to be honest, we could be sat here this time next week pouring over West Brom's running because all of a sudden they've just shot up from nowhere and West Ham are looking very impressive this season. It's crazy considering after that first game of the season where we went there and won 2-0, if I'd have said to you, Alex, one of these teams are going to be pushing for the Champions League, the other one's going to be fighting off relegation, you'd have probably got it the wrong way around. Yeah, and, and to be fair to, to Moyes and West Ham, they're, they're the opposite of us because he he plays the same formation every week and he picks the same players. <laughs> and it's like a really stable team. Whereas who knows who will turn out, you know what I mean, like against West Ham, who, what formation we could be playing. Um, but you've got to, you know, Moyes was touted for us post-Rafa. He wasn't in a job. Um, and he was, you know, people hugely hugely mocked the idea of a point of Moyes, but you've got to give credit where it's due. You know, did they finish They finished behind us last season, didn't they? And they're 20-odd points ahead or something like that, more than 20 points ahead. That just shows you what a good manager can do, doesn't it? Yeah, and we'll touch about the manager very shortly, but there is a question here from Sean, who says, Hi Alex, have the trust been approached by any businesses wanting to get involved and make any donations? I'm thinking, uh, we 18 like do pledge slogan for local businesses, etc.? Not yet. You know, the, the future is, is endless in terms of possibility. There's all sorts we can do. Uh, so, so stuff like that is a good idea from Sean about business donations. We, we will start looking at that. We just had to get it off the ground and get it launched. We didn't want to look too far ahead. And when we were doing focus groups with fans ahead of the launch, because we wanted to canvas a lot of fan opinion, um, we said, you know, or we wanted feedback on ideas. And a lot of people asked about the future and the money and, would you invest it, which we wouldn't, by the way, and all this kind of stuff, but we just said, we'll have to concentrate on the launch. Let's just get launched. Let's see what we've got in monthly pledges, how many people make our projections, and then we can go to work from there. And for now, I still think we're very much in that launch period. 100%, 100%. All right, let's go back onto the manager. Um, you've, you've been very, very critical of the manager. I've been watching your videos on YouTube, Alex, and it's... Um, it's almost like a Steve Bruce weekly update for <laughs> majority of fan channels or people that want to express an opinion. When did you start losing faith in our manager? In the last season, probably the Man City Cup game last season, because you had this kind of template of last season, which was started terribly, got a bit better when he went, he, he kind of went back to Rafa's formation, slated the team loads said they didn't know how to play any other way. He didn't want to play that way, but the players had to play that way. It then got so bad that halfway through the season, he had to rip up that formation, went four at the back against Burnley at home. And from that point on, I think they picked up 12 points in five games, which is a very good return for Newcastle and Steve Bruce in the Premier League. So it was going really well. He, he dropped Joe Linton. He brought in Dwight Gale to the team last season. We got much, much better. We're, we're, we were playing well, scoring goals, doing well. We played Man City in the cup game, and what did he do? He bottled it. He went back to the five at the back, and he just declared and just took, like he does against every big team, stood there after the game grinning, happy with a 2-0 defeat. Um, and it was just like, you, I gave him a lot of credit for that formation change, 
it's kind of been easy to walk into training and say to the team, right, we've got this wrong. We're going to have to go a bit more offensive. And then, you know, we scored three against West Brom away from home playing that formation. We uh, we, played, we, we beat Southampton. You know, we, uh, we, beat Sheff- we came back and we beat Sheffield United playing that formation. We scored four at Bournemouth. And then they go to that Man City game and think, right, we're in, we're in the best form of the season. We've got all our players fit and they go and capitulate like that. And then for the rest of the season, you know, play that formation there. I just thought this bloke, this bloke's done at this level. And it was, it was the same at the start of this season. He spent all a pre-season talking about being more offensive, playing two strikers, playing four at the back. And you think about the team in every pre-season game, played 4-4-2. And then went to West Ham, played 4-4-2, won, played really well, but hammered by Brighton the next week. But I don't think, I think it was a litany of errors and bad decisions. He just bottled it again. And you're always waiting for that with Bruce. It doesn't matter how well you... So we, play, we didn't play well against Buddy, but just say we'll go to West Ham and we'll play really well, right? Beat them 3-0. You know the following week against Liverpool, even though Liverpool's home form is terrible, we're just going to go and roll over and die. And Bruce just seems to accept defeat. And he, he ultimately, for all he's achieved in his, in, in his career, which is a substantial career, he spent five decades in, in English football at the highest level. He seems to be incredibly comfortable with defeat. Doesn't seem to hurt him. And I could be completely wrong there. Might be totally out of order to say that. But I can only judge on what he sees and what he says. And when he's smiling after Man City, saying it was a massive improvement after losing 2-0. And he's chatting on to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, laughing on after the match, after we've been beaten 3-1 by a very average Man United team on the night. He just seems to be very comfortable with losing a lot of losing a lot of football matches and if it doesn't seem to hurt them in the way that it hurts me and you too and that's that's why I don't like them. Well it should hurt in the way it hurts us three because he claims to be a you know boiled fan and all that. Um I, I just think he's still after all things considered he's one of the luckiest Newcastle managers of all time with how he got away with it last season. There's been no fans in the stadium at all for this season and, you know, the back end of last season whilst it's been going badly. He had the vote of confidence. Normally, a vote of confidence means, okay, you're going to be sacked in two weeks. Here he is, still, dusting himself down. Come on. It's it's just mind-boggling, isn't it? (laughs) Only at Newcastle. The... He was last awarded a Premier League job in 2009 before he was offered the Newcastle job. There's a reason for that. I think how many Premier League managers are sacked every season. There is a reason that he has not been in the Premier League. And I'll have to say I got it wrong. Even though I was gutted about Rafa, I thought Bruce coming in, I thought, you know what, it might be fun. We'll play 4-4-2. might get done like 4-1 one week and win 3-2 the next. And at least it'll be a bit interesting until the club is sold type thing. And it, it's just been the worst feeling as a fan. And this, I think, I think the, the the major issue with Bruce is he seems to despise supporters in terms of supporter opinion. You, you've heard him speak. You've heard him. You know, after we lost to Brentford, what an opportunity that was to get into a cup semi final. What an opportunity! You talk about luck. We didn't play a single Premier League team in that cup, and that's lucky. And then, then to throw it away. And the way that they did and put in that performance and say that the reaction to the defeat was hysterical. Like the, that, that is that is insulting. 
he is saying what he's complaining about. We're not getting relegated. What you're complaining about, and I think I don't know if you lads agree, but I think if we finish this season seventeenth on thirty-six points, five points clear of Fulham, he'll he'll be smug about it, and he'll be saying, "Well, everyone was doubting me, but I proved a few critics wrong." It's like, and it, and I've said this before, and I'm rambling now. I'm sorry, but if you look at the squad that he has at his disposal, you look yeah. you look at the players that can't get on the bench sometimes, and he's got injuries. Bad injuries. Every team has injuries. He makes eight changes for Premier League games. Six changes for Premier League games. Fulham can't make eight changes for Premier League games. They don't have enough players of enough quality. West Brom can't make six changes for a Premier League game. He's got Jacob Murphy coming in playing really well, who 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 hasn't been able to get on the bench at points this season. He's got a really really deep Premier League squad. Might not be good enough to challenge the top eight or the top nine, but it should be around where Aston Villa are with about 13 more points than they've got right now. Season has been a complete failure. And if they give them a new contract in the summer, which it sounds like they might, it's probably the best advertising they could do for the pledge scheme because the, if, if they give Steve Bruce a new contract, it, it proves my theory that the club no longer exists for us anymore. It exists for a, a man to sell his sports shop around the world on town and anything else is doesn't matter to them. It does not matter to them because he is... In my opinion, severely loathed by a lot of Newcastle United supporters, if not the vast majority. You just imagine if there were, if we do get say ten thousand fans in for that Sheffield United match, Alex. There's been rumours or reports that there's one club in the Premier League that doesn't want supporters to come in for health and safety reasons, shall we say, allegedly. And obviously, we can't say it is Newcastle, but it would put a lot of money. I'd, put, I'd probably put a lot of money in this pledge and say it's going to be Newcastle United that are probably against that. But the one thing that I want to bring up before I get Sam's opinion on it, what you said before about the Fulham being five points, still being quite smug about it, that is typical Newcastle United. That if you want to sum up Newcastle United right now under the ownership and everything that's going on, if we are four points ahead of Fulham on the, on the last day of the season, regardless if we win, lose or draw, they will say that as an achievement. And every Newcastle fan say, hold on a second, if you're celebrating 17th position, and we're a point or two ahead of Fulham by the end of the season. That is not success. That is, it's, it's pathetic. It's awful. We're not going anywhere. And that's the biggest thing. We're not going anywhere with this football club under the ownership. And it all comes around in one big circle. Somebody, at least somebody's doing something, Sam. That's because that really annoys me. It really frustrates me if they're thinking like that. And I do believe they are. I think they're thinking if we don't, if we finish with Fulham, West Brom, and Sheffield United, oh, fantastic. Let's get the champagne out. Yeah, when did, when did that, like, because Bruce brought well in the summer, in the main, I think we can all agree. Um, last season has it, had his excuses. I was quite comfortable with the job he did. I praised him for it on the channel quite a few times um, for his job that he did last season. But it, it was always with that caveat of under the circumstances. This season he didn't have that excuse. Ryan Fraser, Wilson, Jamal Lewis, I'll still put down as a good player, but has been totally mismanaged. Where's Matty Longstaff? Where is he? The whole rigmarole, that new... I mean, the Longstaff contract saga part two is going to happen this summer because they're out of contract 2022. When did this shift happen that all of a sudden we're going for top 10 and progressing nicely to, oh, we're 17th, what are you worried about? When did that happen? <laughs> I, I don't get it anymore. I it just I don't get it. It's crazy. Think of the game because it was when he came out and said my remit is to keep us in the Premier League and has been since I walked through the door. 
So that was, you're right, you are correct in that before that game, the call for him to be sacked after Brentford. Who did we play? Played Leeds, we got hammered. Then we played Fulham and should have got hammered, but they got a really unlucky red card and we still couldn't beat them. And then we lost to Brentford. And it was a way of him resetting the season almost because everyone was saying sack him because he's failed about progressing to a genuine cup run. He's clearly failed to take the team forward from what Rafi inherited, despite the vast resources he's had compared to a, any other manager under Ashley. He's clearly failed. So he came back to that and said, I haven't failed because my job has always been described to me as to keep Newcastle in the Premier League. So I haven't failed. That's ultimately where it's come from. And I mean, yes, it might have sorted it out with Mike Ashley, but it killed him with the supporters from that point on. You you guys will know this from Do It Do. There was always an element of, of, of the fan base that was pro-Bruce I found from doing our shows. You'd always get a comment from someone saying, you're obsessed about Rafa. You know, you look at this, we're 11th in the league. We've got four points from 18 games. And you know, it was always there. And that, that's gone. That's gone now. I don't know a single Newcastle fan across social media or in my life who wants him to be in this job next season. No one does. Yeah. No, no one does. And I, I would say, um, shout out to um, Adam on our channel because um, one of his comments on one of the watch-alongs he did just has stuck with me since he said it. You don't realise how bad Bruce is until he manages your team. Because other teams, it happened ages ago. Other teams were looking at us, going, "Well, you're doing fine. What's wrong with him?" But like Villa fans knew, they they knew what was going on already. You just don't you don't realise it until he's there. Because I I did it because my missus is a Villa fan, and like you know, what are you worried about? You, you get, he's getting you up. He's getting you to promotion, playoff final. What's the problem? But yeah, it, 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 <laughs> Uh, how wrong we were, and it's just, yeah, crazy, crazy. In a word, Alex, do, do, do Newcastle stay up this season? Yes, and I've been saying no for a long time, and they shouldn't have won yesterday, <laughs> should have got beat comfortably, but I think now, I think, I mean, you know, Fulham's next two games are Chelsea and Arsenal, and if they, if they don't win one of those two games, it's it's almost impossible, because we just have to draw. Do you know what I mean? To go seven points ahead of them with five point five games to play, it's not going to happen, is it? So, yeah. Love the positivity. Um, Alex, final question before we'll let you enjoy the rest of your night. Um, why, sh- literally, sell 1892 pledge, why should you get involved? Simple as that, to end it. You should get involved with the 1892 pledge scheme because it exists for you the fan of Newcastle United. It is a positive campaign to try and put Newcastle United fans at the heart of the football club where they belong. The worst thing that we can achieve in the 1892 pledge scheme is to donate a serious amount of money. Already £50,000 after four days has been worst-case scenario raised for charities based in the northeast of England. We want to see what we can do as Newcastle United fans to influence the future of our football club. We deserve to have our voice heard, and we think the best way to do that is to pay into the 1892 pledge scheme on a monthly basis if you can afford it, and let's see where it takes us. Fantastic. If you want to get involved, Martin, just put that in the comments, www.1892pledge.co.uk if you want to get involved. Um, Sam, been a fantastic podcast, a lot of 
good, interesting questions. And we've talked about Newcastle winning a game of football as well. It's been all right, hasn't it? Yeah, I messaged Alex yesterday saying I think he's the first guest we've had on coming on the day after a Newcastle win since Steve Harmison. Steve Harmison was episode two. This is episode <laughs> 37. <laughs> Well, the good luck, Sean, Alex. Alex, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on tonight. And everybody at Newcastle Fans TV wishes you the very best with the 1892 pledge. And one day, I hope that money is used for the football club in the right way, because I think it'll be fantastic to have some fan ownership involved in, in our great club. Thanks for your support. Really appreciate it. No worries. Uh, for myself, Sam Mulner. And Alex Hurst, we'll see you all very, very soon.